You're listening to Save the Date, the number one podcast about all things wedding I'll tell you what, Save the Date listeners, I am committed to the cause of bringing you wedding information from all over the world. I have spent, oh my goodness, the past couple of days attending three rather huge wedding events, which you will hear about throughout the next couple of shows. On um, Friday, I attended the Etsy Wedding Fair in London, which is one of the first big wedding fairs internationally that they are holding or held depending on which tense we wish to use. And it was beautiful. As you'll hear on Monday's show, George from Etsy described it as if you are stepping inside Pinterest. And that's exactly what it was like. It was heavenly. Met some wonderful stationers, invitation designers, and uh, artists. So I'm bringing you a themed episode next Monday all about how to choose your stationery why you should pay more or less depending on what you want to do. Um, We're looking a lot at letterpress, trying to debunk a couple of the myths and details about letterpress production. Gee whiz, it's beautiful, but it can be pricey. And also looking at how you DIY on Etsy while still using the services of the artisans there. I also took myself off to uh, London Bridal Fashion Week, which again, in if you've heard of the big fashion weeks without the bridal attached to it, you'll know that they sort of travel around the world and uh, do lots of runway shows. And that's exactly Bridal Fashion Weeks, what, what happens there. New York Bridal Fashion Week happens in October and uh, London Bridal Fashion Week just was so much fun. So basically... It's a a fashion week. You watch the runways. You pretend you're very, you know, knowledgeable about the fashion when they walk down and you nod at the same time and you make your special notes. I was just doing doodles. I don't know. And then I got to meet lots of beautiful wedding dress designers and talk about trends, even though we don't support trends, we don't support trends. You just wear what you want to wear. But also looking at what's coming up, what's happening in the industry, how to choose a dress that's perhaps a little bit different from others. It was so much fun. And the best part is, as well as taking my podcast microphone, I took a camera crew with me because I can. (laughs) No, I, you know, I had a, a quite a long TV presenting career and I missed that a little bit. So I'm going to be bringing you some featured videos on my YouTube channel and also I'll feature them on the Save the Date Wedding Podcast Facebook page so you can see some of these wonderful designs and meet the designers face to face. Well, video to face as our whole world is right now. Very, very happy that um, I have gone along and I think I've got some good content. I think you're going to be happy with it. Really, really excited to be bringing you that. Also, I just wanted to take a moment to thank you before I head in because I've got lots of Q&A. It's crazy. I had a very fast Q&A week where people sent me a lot of questions. So I I don't get to your question today. It will come, I promise you. But I wanted to say um, thank you so much to the people so far who have taken me up on my offer of of downloading for free the Save the Date Wedding Podcast Guide to Getting Hitched 155 Pages of Wedding Planning Goodness. It is free for me to you. Uh, if you visit savethedatepodcast.com, a little pop-up will appear. I know they can give you the shits. I'm not doing it to annoy you. I promise. Uh, if you don't want it, just click it away. It'll go away and pretend it never happened. But if you do, simply add your email address and your first name and uh, you will receive an email pretty quickly after that with a link to download the PDF. 
it's my way of saying thank you so much for supporting me uh, in this adventure that is my podcasting career, something I never really thought would, not to say I didn't think it would take off, but I just didn't think I would receive such huge positive responses from people all over the world. Honestly, you wouldn't even imagine some of the places that I get lovely glowing emails from thanking me and sort of sending me wedding photos. I really feel privileged to be a part of this part of your life, especially. It's such a personal journey and to bring me along on the ride is is just really nice. So I just wanted to take one moment to share with you a couple of emails that I received recently. Um, and one was from a lovely lady called Julie. Julie said, I'm so excited to hear about your new podcast. More about that later. I can't wait to listen to it. I downloaded your book a few days ago. Uh, as always, I love the Save the Date Wedding podcast. Keep up the good work and thank you for being so generous and offering it to your listeners for free. Julie, it is my bloody pleasure. Megan wrote and said, Alicia, I love your podcast. It feels like the sane voice of the wedding industry. Well, that's very nice. I'm not always sane. Ask my husband. I wish there were more voices like yours. I've been listening while working out and can't wait for your new podcast. Again, thank you so much, Megan. She uh, has a question which I'm going to answer, but I just wanted to say thank you for thanking me. That's thank you for thanking. Thank you for being a friend. It's a bit of Golden Girls. If you don't know what that is, Google it. It's a great show from the 80s. There it is. So thank you again for doing that. Um, I promise I won't bombard you with lots of emails. Part of the deal is um, the deal. Sound like I'm a, a like a like a salesman or something. Go part of the deal is right. You give me your email address and I'll send you emails. There's nothing salesy or gross about it. It's really just a way for me to keep up to date with you. Perhaps send you a couple of updates about what's coming up on the show. I also get sent quite a lot of discount links and special offers for you know wedding stuff, and I really don't have a way to share it with you. Besides putting it on social media, and sometimes I think, and I'm sure you agree with me, you go on your newsfeed and Facebook and Twitter, things can happen and they come and go so quickly. So if I get a really good deal, I hope you don't mind if I share it with you. And again, there's no pressure. You can just delete the email. I'm not going to be offended by that. Um, but I really hope that we can stay in touch. And also I can keep you updated about what's coming up with Hey Lady, my new podcast, which uh, will be launching very soon. And also any other deals and fun things. All right, let's get to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast Q&A episode because we got lots to get through. Since I just mentioned lovely listener Megan, I should probably answer her question first today. Megan writes... <laughs> oh, I'm having a nightmare doing my table plan. We're having 100 guests for a formal day, so not having one is just not an option. My family is huge and we are very loud, sociable, and enjoy a few wines. Oh, I like this family already, but my partner's family are small and quiet. I don't know them very well at all. I'm finding it so very difficult to work out how we do it. I've asked my partner for help, but he thinks if everyone has a seat, it doesn't matter. Oh, come on, mate. My wedding is in July and I have to get this table plan details to the stationer in June. So I am really starting to panic. How do we do this? It just feels like an impossible game of Tetris with feelings. Now, that is possibly my favorite quote of the year, Megan. I'm sorry that I'm sort of enjoying your pain. I'm not. I don't want you to get the wrong idea. But Tetris with feelings should be on a T-shirt. Someone do that now. 
We'll make it happen. We'll go to Etsy. We'll work on this together. Megan, this is a very common problem. Like I've said before, weddings really are, in Seinfeld terms, worlds collide. You are bringing people together that possibly wouldn't know or like each other in real life. People that will tolerate each other politely. Now, I'm not saying that your families, even with their differences in your family being a bit raucous and loud and life of the party and maybe your partner's family being slightly quieter and more demure, who knows? You might put a couple of wines in them and they might become just like your family. You never know. But the big part of the day for you is trying to integrate these people to the, to your best advantage, to your best knowledge, your best power, and then set them free to hopefully behave like adults and nice people and they mingle and get along and hopefully have a connection of some sort. Now I'm under no pretense that the families will come together and be best friends and contact each other every weekend and have a great time. That might happen for people and goody for you. I mean, to be honest, my I'll just give you a personal insight here. Rich and I both have quite small families in the scheme of things, especially considering some of the emails I receive from you lovely listeners. There are people out there with way bigger families than ours. And our families live quite close to each other. Now, they are perfectly polite and lovely to each other, but really don't have much to do with each other in the day-to-day. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't like each other. It just means that, you know, you can't force people just because Rich and I are in love and together, you can't really force them to go and hang out with each other every weekend. So it's sort of an interesting situation. Some families just meet and meld and mold together really well. And others just say, hey, nice to meet you. Glad our kids are in love. Let's be jovial and polite at social situations, but we're probably not going to be best friends. Now, Megan, I don't know if your families have come together before. It's a pretty unique situation, weddings. We invite people to share quite deep emotions. Again, as you said, everyone has a couple of glasses of celebratory sherry and champagne, and sometimes we act in different ways. Now, I think you need to embrace your family's celebratory antics And also, I think you need to challenge both parts of the family. And by challenging, I mean mix them up, sit them together, do a bit of enforced socialization. And I think you'll be really surprised with how they open up on the day and embrace each other and hopefully make some connections. Now, this reminds me, a couple of months ago, I did a wedding uh, Q&A, and it was an episode about alternative wedding planning, and I went to an alternative wedding fair, and I met a lady, and I'm going to probably get her, her name wrong now, but she was called Mrs. Photo Booth, I think it was, and what was great about her is I described her, she was sort of dressed in this very elaborate costume, but she was a mobile, it was Mrs. Mobile Photo Booth. There it is. It's just come to me. She was a mobile photo booth. So she had a an, an SLR camera and she had all these photo props around her body and uh, carrying it around. Now, this is just an idea here, Megan. One way, if you are going to combine the seating plan, put everyone together, 
One way is to perhaps during cocktail hour or if you're going to have photographs before people sit down is find a way to get them to connect and mingle. What I loved about Mrs. Mobile Photo Booth, and I'm sure there are lots of people around the world doing similar things, is that she wandered around and took photos. She had these, (laughs) she was carrying frames, empty picture frames that she would get the guests to hold up and take photos and would bring people together. And I remember her saying she would go up to people and go, who are you? And they go, I'm Trevor. And who are you? I'm Mary. Do you know each other? No, come and have a photo together. And then Trevor and Mary would have a chat. And I thought that was such a wonderful way to break the ice. She's being a bit of a, you know, she's dicking around, being a bit funny. And then Trevor and Mary go, oh, and how do you know Graham and Shirley? Who are these people? Graham and Shirley? I don't know where, what century these people are getting married in, in my imagination. But then they say, well, Trevor is Graham's uncle. And Mary, I've got too many names. I've forgotten all these people already. You get what I mean. So... Before you think about seeding plans, it might just be an idea to think about something that you can add, like Mrs. Mobile Photo Booth or something else, where you can loosen people up. And I really, my gut is saying here, Megan, sit them all together, mix them up. You know, maybe you've got a group of young people from your partner's family and you've got a group of young people, sit them together. Alcohol does amazing things for socialization. It loosens people up. I'm not saying people have to get feral drunk. I'm just saying after a couple of champagnes, everyone's happy for a chat. They really are. So I say, Megan, use a mobile. I've got, you know, I've suggested a few times some really great free and a, a couple of programs that are maybe $20, $30 US uh, that are table planners where you can move people around without having to use tiny bits of paper that really give you the shits when your partner walks by and creates some air and it all flies everywhere. Use one of these apps and programs to start moving people around and challenge them. There it is. That's my advice to you, Megan. Don't panic. The one thing is, it's not a big deal. People will get up and move around too if they aren't comfortable. They really will. By the time you get to the sort of social part of the evening, I think a lot of times people will be mingling. They'll go and see people they want to see. And also tough luck. If you get seated somewhere you don't want to be, you just put up with it because it's your wedding and they shouldn't be complaining. There it is. That's my advice to you, Megan. Thank you so much again for participating in my survey. I know that you were one of the people that responded and also sending me this question. I don't want you to panic. I want you just to relax, do some calming (sighs) yoga breaths. Say some mantras like, my family might be loud mouths, but they're fun. And so will my partner's family be like that too. We'll have a lovely day. It's probably too long for a mantra, but you can do that. And keep listening. Lots of love to you. Last week, I answered a question from Olivia. Well, I didn't answer it. I co-answered it with Nova from New Bride. And Olivia asked a really, I think it was a question that, that we were really happy to answer. And we were sad for you, Olivia, because if just to remind everyone, um, she asked about acknowledging loved ones that have passed away in your wedding ceremony. That I didn't really say that quite well. They didn't pass away in your wedding ceremony, before your wedding ceremony. Terrible diction and grammar here. 
But it was one of those questions that I was really delighted to answer because as well, I think if you have heard the episode, you will know that uh, my mother passed away uh, over 10 years ago now, but it was important for me to acknowledge her and my grandmother. We were very close and Rich's grandmother. So we added that to our wedding ceremony and it was one of those nice little moments where we could reflect on people that are really near and dear and important to us who would have been bloody delighted to be sitting there seeing us come together. So Olivia wrote to me and uh, sent me a lovely response this week saying, just a quick note from me to say thank you so much for answering my question about remembering loved ones. I got rather giddy and excited when I heard my name. My fiancé and I sat and listened to it together. It was fun and a special moment for us both. Your help and Nova New Brides is hugely appreciated. Can't wait for the next instalment. Love, Olivia. And Olivia, that means so much to me that you listened and we hopefully helped you with that. Um, again, it's something that is very personal and everyone will have a different way to reflect and acknowledge. Some people, you know, like we said, it can be really upsetting and we you don't want it to be turned into something that's sort of morbid and It's a celebration of your love. It's a joyous day. And that's what those people would want, no doubt. So I really appreciate you getting back in touch, Olivia. It means a lot to me. And uh, I will pass that on to Nova New Bride as well. That's now her full name. I always just refer to her as Nova New Bride. She does have a real surname as well, but no longer. Forget it. Mr. New Bride, that's her full name now. Let's acknowledge it. Hey, Nova is coming up in a couple of weeks to talk about confidence We recorded this episode and it was one of those episodes that I think could border on being a Hey Lady episode uh, of, of my other podcast that's coming. It's a sort of topic that I think a lot of people think that they can't just be comfortable and be confident. There's a barrier in their way and it really fascinates me as a performer but also as someone that I feel like I'm quite good at seeing when someone's not comfortable, especially in the media realm when I shove a microphone in their face and I find it a bit of a a bit of a challenge and a cheeky personal project really to calm them down, get them to let go of that nervousness and try and be themselves because that's what being confident really is. It's being able to show who you are and be on a level playing field with everyone else and to walk into a room and feel good about yourself and not feel like your world is closing in. And as I say in the interview with Nova, and I've said it before, even though I sound like a big loud mouth and I am a big loud mouth and I have done some crazy things that people would say, gee, she must be confident getting on stage and telling jokes or I don't know, playing the fool. It's not always the case. And it's sometimes at the most intimate intimate emotional moments of your life that you really do feel that surge of panic or nervousness. So I felt this was a really good topic to be sharing with you and uh, Nova is a wonderful calming influence on everyone and a great talent and a great guest on the show. So I'm really looking forward to bringing that episode to you. Alrighty, let's head back for another question. Sarah writes, Alicia, where did you get your wedding shoes? I love them. <laughs> it's really funny, Sarah, that you asked that because when I read it, I was like, oh, this is a bit of a weird one because I, I, I can tell you where I got them from. I bought them on eBay. If you haven't seen my, if you haven't seen my, as if you're going to see my wedding shoes, what does it matter? They're on Pinterest. And, uh, Sarah, what I did was 
I wanted, I had quite a nice, simple dress and I really wanted to add a bit of color. So my shoes were, the brand is Melissa and they are actually a plastic shoe, which doesn't sound very uh, sexy, but they are the most comfortable padded squishy shoes I've ever worn. And to be honest, in my day to day, I live in Converse and trainers and flat shoes, and I have a lovely collection of high heels. I have a bit of a high heel fetish, but probably more for looking at high heels than actually wearing them. I feel like I'm always like the the baby deer that's learning to walk when I'm in high heels. And I've been to so many corporate events and hosted so many corporate sort of MC situations where I've had to stumble around on stage in these shoes. Um, it's really nice to find a pair of heels that are comfortable and look really cool. So Melissa, the brand, I think they're made in Brazil. They are also, they smell like strawberry shortcakes. They have a pre- <laughs> pre-installed scent in them and the beautiful thing is they don't smell you know it's not they don't get your feet smell basically I was trying to make that sound pretty like you don't stink and uh, I've bought a couple of pairs of these shoes and the Melissa brand actually do designer collaborations and you might be familiar with a pair of shoes um, they're actually in a lot of Pinterest posts and a lot of wedding blogs. Um, I've seen a lot of brides wearing these shoes because they are so cute. They are the Vivian Westwood Melissa shoes and they are usually quite shiny, the patent sort of look, and they have a big heart on the front, a big plastic heart. Again, the way I'm describing it sounds a little bit like a child's shoe. It's not. They're fun, they're funky, and they're that sort of little bit of reveal. You might be wearing quite a traditional wedding dress, but to lift the dress and see these beautiful shoes, I think it's a real little showstopper. So I didn't wear the Vivian Westwoods, but I have a, I have a pair. I have a black pair of these shoes. I will take, post a photo on the blog um, with a gold heart. And they were always my go-to shoe whenever I was hosting anything because they were a good little talking point. They were really comfortable. I felt safe in them. I wasn't going to fall out of them. Some of the shoes are like towering towers. It's the only way I could describe it. You know when you sort of feel like you may fall that is not how you want to feel on your wedding day. I don't care how many shoes you have pinned on your Pinterest board. If you aren't used to wearing a high stiletto and especially the really thin stilettos, I mean, they look so sexy, but they are the most fucking uncomfortable shoes I've ever worn. I've got a couple of pairs and to be honest, you are going to feel them within the first six minutes of wearing them and you'll probably regret them. The tips I have for you, Sarah... I'm just going to expand. You didn't ask me this, but I'm going to answer it, is if you are going to wear a pair of high, high heels and you are not a high heel wearer in normal life, I say you wear those shoes around every night at home and you see if you can tolerate them. You wear them in, you give them a bit of bend. There are many great, but there are temporary measures, I will say, but many great little inserts and gel cushions and corn, <laughs> corns, there's something we talk about, corn coverers and backing strips that you can put at the back of the shoe. Make sure you stock up on this stuff before you get out there. Don't just pull the shoes out of the box on the morning of your wedding, as pretty as that might be. And wear them for the first time because trust me, you're going to regret it. You really will. So also a good backup plan is to have a snazzy pair of shoes, perhaps for the ceremony and the photographs and have a backup plan of a flat shoe or something a little bit more sensible 
to wear for the rest of the night. Because to be honest, if you want to dance, if you want to move, even if you just want to get from A to B, getting to your buffet or going to make a speech, you don't want to be clomping around and also wincing every time that your foot hits the floor because that's not that's not great. To be honest, at our wedding, even though I love my shoes, the red shoes, the Melissa shoes that I was talking about, um, which had a lovely strap around the ankle, which made me feel very secure. I could I could totally dance my ass off in them. But to be honest, by the end of the night, I kicked them off and I was barefoot anyway. That might make me sound a bit rough. I'm a ruffian deep down, but it was great. And I got to move and I felt really comfortable. So... Sarah, I thank you for prompting me with that question because uh, shoes, I think, are very important to our daily lives. You know how an uncomfortable shoe can really shit you off. So pre-plan those shoes. And if you're going to wear a Louboutin or a, uh, gosh, a Jimmy Choo or one of those, if you're going to spend that incredible amount of money, make sure you can stand in them and walk around. It's a big investment if they fit and they work well for you. It's not if you wear them for 10 minutes and they go back in the box. And if you do do that, put them on eBay and get rid of them because I guarantee you, if they don't feel good and they're uncomfortable, you'll probably never wear them again. The end. Thank you, Sarah, for that question. I really enjoyed answering it. I enjoy answering all of your questions. I'm not biased towards Sarah, but it was very observant of you to ask about my shoes. And I appreciate it. If you uh, would like some more information about what I've just been speaking about, I will link to the Pinterest board that has some photos of our wedding. If you want to have a bit of a snoop, I encourage you. And also I will link to the Melissa Shoe website where you can see their collection. I think they actually have shops all over the world and uh, they're really great shoes. And also they make nice flat shoes as well that are quite funky and colorful. If you're just looking for a fun shoe for work, perhaps, I don't know, go forth and conquer. That brings us to the end of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast Q&A episode. If you have a question you would like answered, do what uh, Sarah and Olivia and lovely Megan did. Write to me. My full email address is alicia at savethedatepodcast.com, but everyone forgets how to spell my name. It's A-L-E-I-S-H-A. But if you don't remember that, just go to savethedatepodcast.com. And up the top hand, the top hand, the top right hand side is a little button that says contact me. Click it and send it through. Also, if you're a wedding vendor and you would like to sponsor this show, whoa, whoa, you can do that too. I'm always open for interesting offers. If you've got a discount link, something you would like me to share with my lovely listeners, also share that with me. I love getting that out and about. The more I can help you, the better. It really makes it all worthwhile for me. So thank you again. Until next week, happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.